Hello and welcome to Order in the Bedroom with me, Stephen Bailey. And me, Richard Taylor. Why are you doing your phone voice? <laughs> I don't know that I was. <laughs> and me, Richard Taylor. With you, Stephen, actually. It's been it's taken our sort of debates that we have about law and stuff and projected it to a, a wider audience. And I think that's only a good thing. How do you know it's a wider audience? They've not got out yet. <laughs> I'd hope, hope that at least one person is, listens to it. Otherwise, this has been a really, really pointless task. They will. One person will listen. Their name is Wendy. Oh, yeah, your mum will. Yeah, she'll, she'll listen to any old crap, won't she? I suppose. <laughs> well, she'll listen to you for hours on Christmas Day, banging on about cooking time. Uh, excuse me, that was a... A beautifully cooked Christmas dinner, I might say. I blow my own trumpet for that. That was gorgeous. Well, it was a bit cold by the time it hit the table. You know, this is the really difficult thing, though, isn't it? It's like getting all your timings right. And um, it's really hard to keep all the food, like, warm. And I think that's why you need piping hot gravy. That's the saviour of most Christmas dinners, I would imagine. What an entertaining chat. Do you know, speaking of getting timings right, the day we... Are you going to cough? The day we um actually went on our first ex, me, me and Rich met on Tinder, and um the day we went on our first date, I'd just got back from filming in America a couple of days before, so I'd popped home to see my family in the days you could do that. And I was like, well, if you don't text me, I'm not going to bother going because I was coming from Manchester to London. And then you did text and I had to go. And if you hadn't text, I mean, things could be different. Well, I certainly w- I wouldn't be doing this podcast, would I? <laughs> no, Rich, you wouldn't. And I'm sure my mum, the one listener, is gutted. Oh, bless her. Love your mum. Are you just saying that because you think she's listening? Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> this is a typical lawyer, isn't it? I mean, we performers, you know, we probably overshare too much. You know, I, you know, most people know about my IBS, that I can't eat cheese. If I have cheese, I can't have sex. Like, that's what people know about me. And all people know about you is that you're well-read because you're very guarded. Am I? Have I not let my guard down as to like... You answer a question with a question. Well, that's classic lawyer, lawyery, lawyery behaviour, maybe. I don't know. But you're not a very good lawyer. Well, what do you want to know? I'm an open book. You ask me. Ask me stuff. Why do I have to ask? Why can't you offer things up? I don't know. I don't know what I should be. No one asked me about my IBS being triggered by cheese. I mean, certainly, uh, I don't have IBS, and I quite like cheese. So the fact that you don't, and we don't have it in the house, is that's quite challenging at Christmas time because I think there's a lot to be said for having a blue Stilton or a Wensleydale in the fridge. This turned into an episode of Wallace and Gromit very quickly. <laughs> so today we're going a bit darker, I believe, with our case that we're going to retry. What are we talking about? So today we are going to be talking about uh, the case of Crown and Brown. And this case... I've had a crown, brown crown before. <laughs> You're vile. Um, and I've, I, I may have like uh, overused this term quite a lot on the cases that we've talked about. But this is like, if you ask any law student... Oh, is this Law School 101? This is like, if you ask any law student about any case, 
if they can't remember many, they will remember this one of Crown and Brown. It's like etched into everyone's memory because it's just so... Well, just a fascinating case, really. Is it like the Free Deirdre Rashid campaign? Um, it's uh, certainly more um, post-Watershed than the Deir- Free Deirdre Rashid campaign, I would say. I don't think it's as popular. Like, Free Deirdre, people put newspaper articles up in their front windows. I mean, you had the Prime Minister talking about it, didn't you, about free- freeing Deirdre? When, when he was the pilot? Well, John Lindsay, that was it. Yeah, good memory there. Um, yeah, it really a, a popular campaign, but this one is a very memorable case. So what is the case? It's a crown and brown. So um, in... <laughs> crown and brown. How many times are you going to say crown and brown? What is crown and brown? Is crown a person and brown a person? No, crown is um, basically the public prosecutor who prosecutes cases in the name of the crown. That's how the sort of prosecutor works in that respect. And Brown is um, the defendant in the particular case. And the case surrounds um, sexual sadomasochistic behaviour um, between a group of gay men. Like Rihanna S&M. Uh, yeah, but quite extreme. And I'll talk about some of the things that these guys did it wasn't just a bit of a slap on the bum or um a tickle with a duster it was hardcore um acts of sexual gratification between a group of group of guys um in a in a in a in a flat that was being recorded for their own sort of sexual gratification some of the things that they would get up to would be um, pouring hot wax onto other guys' foreskin. People do that now, though. People love a bit of a hot wax dribbled on them. Uh, for uh, just the general beauty regime. You no, know, like sexual, like people find that really sexy and it turns them on. I'm sure, sure it does. But um, this was one that they were going right into the, you know... Uh, Japs eye into the eye of the needle, as it were. So realistically, obviously, we've not delved into the case yet. But is it was it really about S and M, or was it because it was from a time when everyone was super homophobic and they didn't want men doing this to each other? So we'll get into that judgment of the particular case. Um, but it could be argued that um, some of the judges that were uh, that when it got to the House of Lords, the law lord looking at it. Um, let their some of their reasoning could be could be sort of seen as being um, homophobic of that time. Which is funny, isn't it? When you think of the House of Lords, that sounds super gay. I mean, a lot of old white men together um, uh, sat very closely together, having a good old chat. Uh, yeah, could could be seen to be. I'm going to tell you why Rich thinks a lot before he thinks. is because I've refused to edit anything out. So if he misses something, it's in, and then he'll get sued, which is why he's so considered in his speech, because I have sat... I'm just not editing something because he says something and thinks better of it. And it's a very good time to note that, obviously, uh, nothing in here is, is talking about legal advice. You should always take your own legal advice. It's boring, right? It's six episodes in. No one is going to take this seriously. I mean, they know you're an employment lawyer. No one is going to take advice from you. Like, and I don't, I just don't know how many people we have listening to this that are getting wax pulled down their Jap side. 
And not only that uh, was 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 happening uh, in this particular case. And I should say that this was this happened in um, not so long ago. 1993 was when this case was looked at. And uh, aside from hot wax in your Jap's eye, um, the other things that they would do would be um, nailing their scrotum to planks of wood. Well, it's all like getting it pierced, isn't it? Your bell end pierced. Meets sort of handy andy. Well, I just feel like, you know, there's time through time through history, men have been nailed to pieces of wood. Is all I'm gonna say. <laughs> well, there's <laughs> one very popular story that we hear all the time. I don't think we should get into that one. <laughs> um, what else was it? It was yes. Yeah, so um, whipping. Um, sort of brand uh, hot pokers um, on them. And uh, so very sort of like intense. Um, it's like Nexium, like Nexium. Oh, what's Nexium? Wasn't Nexium that thing we watched with her from Superman, from Smallville? Oh, that the cult sort of thing. Yeah, sort of the branding and all stuff like that. Yeah, so if you haven't seen that show on Netflix, it's good is um, is good to watch. And you'll have a job finding it because it's not on Netflix. So good luck finding that. It's on Sky. Oh, is it on Sky? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Didn't fact check that one, did you, sweet up? No, I didn't. No, I didn't. But anyway, so um, on, on a complete on an unrelated matter. Mr. Brown's house is raided by the police and they find these videotapes and then they watch them and and they are, the police then prosecute um, uh, Mr. Brown um, for these particular acts. But what were they prosecuting him for? Well, the reasoning, it goes back to the law that covers um, sort of inflicting harm on others and it's the Offences Against the Person Act. And under that particular act, um, it regulates sort of most serious non-fatal violence against other people. And that can be, um, and this can be punishable by up to sort of life imprisonment. It's really serious stuff. And um, a sort of offence against a person in in that way can be committed in two ways that you could get a life imprisonment depending on the facts, uh, by intentionally causing someone grievous bodily harm. So that might be like breaking someone's bones, breaking their legs. Um, so that's serious bodily harm. Or intentionally wounding someone sort of by stabbing them. To negate men's rare. Um, not to negate men's rare, no. But um, so really serious stuff. And the question is whether can someone consent to that level of harm these guys were saying in we were we were private guys all getting it off with each other in our private house we weren't distributing these videos it's just for our own sexual gratification we all consented to this behavior and actually we had we had like safe words to use if it got too much um but we all signed up for this we all knew what was happening why can't we why why are we needing to be prosecuted if we've been if we consented to this kind of behavior? That seems like a reasonable question in my eyes actually is going they're doing it behind closed doors, they're all alive and well, no one's prosecuting anyone, no one's gone to the police, the police have come to them. So 
yeah, I really don't understand it. And actually, if you think about it, like, I know people that do some pretty weird stuff in sex that makes me feel very vanilla. I mean, to be honest, I'd rather never do it again, but that's just me. I mean, <clears throat> that is the whole... This is why this case is really um, interesting, is because um, it was prosecuted and it went up to the House of Lords. And um, the House of Lords, in a, in a, in a, in a slim majority found that it was against the law and these people should be prosecuted. Um, And the reasoning that they had for it was their view, in Law Lord's view, was that um, in a civilised society, it's against that if we sort of promote a culture of violence and one of the Lord Templeman, I think, in in that particular case, he's quoted as saying, pleasure derived from the infliction of pain is an evil thing. Cruelty is uncivilised. So he's essentially saying that society demands that we don't allow sort of behaviour that might be regarded as being depraved, as that would go against societal values that they're trying to uphold. What about some like boxing though, where people consent to being punched in the face by each other? I mean, that is a really good point. That is a I know it's a really good point to make because I think one of the arguments at the time was sort of saying that you know people in sports um, they sign up to um, getting uh, serious harm. Like you're getting bo- in boxing, you can be knocked out, you can have your nose broken. Um, in even in even sports like rugby um it can be quite physical and people can can have their bones broken in that way um and i think that was um that was discussed as part of this case um as to well why do we allow certain violent acts to be fine and other ones not to be and it was essentially taken that there is an exception for um uh sport in from these prosecutions because sport is seeing is seen as being a um an enriching thing for society it's impo- it's it's seen as being um something that is good for um society that people can participate in it brings um sort of joy to a wider group of individuals and it's seen as as being as being good for society to have um, and to have sports and to have um, people participate in that. But I'm not saying ban sports. Why don't they ban violent sports? Like rugby, maybe you could get away with. Football seems fine. Tennis, badminton, you know, bike racing. But then why don't they ban like boxing and taekwondo and karate? And I would say karate like that because of Ross from France. Um, like why do they, why, why, why? What, so why don't we just ban all all violent? If we're saying that these can cause these kind of injuries, why don't we just ban sports that can cause that? Exactly, because we don't want people to be injured. And also, even from um, a audience point of view, you're encouraging people to cheer on someone getting bashed. You know, you're not in, you're not encouraging someone to get the goal the ball in the right net or whatever you're encouraging people to cheer for someone getting smacked in the face that doesn't seem very civilized and it all seems quite hypocritical which doesn't surprise me because you know what the government's like and also i mean i'm not being funny but i would put you know 
half the time it's the bloody, these rich white men in power that have all the dodgy dealings within the sexy areas, you know. Well, there's certainly been some of those cases over, over the years, certainly has. But in terms of sort of um, fighting and boxing and um, wrestling and stuff like that, well, that goes back like thousands of years, doesn't it? The, to when we were a less civilised society. Well, um, it's certainly in 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 Roman times. It was certainly a, um, a a big sort of gladiatorial sport. So it was that kind of um, baiting and uh, of people in in that way. But there are um, I have to. I mean, I'm not an expert on, on boxing and boxing laws in that regard. But there are safeguards that are in. It's not just two blokes sort of bare knuckle boxing in a ring. There are. There's doctors on hand. There's medics. There's like health and safety gear. People have to wear um, head head guards, and they've got their gloves on. It is not that they're sort of bare knuckle boxing. So there is an element of safety um, to that, and there is an element of if someone did get hurt, then there are the right procedures there to um, to get them treated. So there is a, there is some level of, of of safety and regulation in those types of sports. But these men have safe words. Yeah, and um, that was an argument that they said. It was like, look, we've all signed up to this. We knew what we're getting into, and we're all abide by the safe words when they're used. Um, it was fair at the time. As I say, it was only a slim majority, but was certainly seen by some as being that um, there was underlying sort of comments about it being depraved and it being uncivilized and thoughts that <clears throat> maybe it was because they were gay guys uh and then remember it's it's 1993 um it's maybe a different sort of time um than sort of more liberal attitudes than there are now but question as to whether that is still the case in that in in that regard so um there are sort of underlying tones of whether this was um a judgment that was um based on homophobia with regards to the people that were involved. Because interestingly, a case that happened three years later, um, I forget the name of the case, but it was a is one where um, a man and a wife, um, it transpired that uh, the man had branded his initials on his wife's bum and was whether that was... Um, whether she could rightly consent to that. She said she consented to that um, that happening. And the question was whether um, she could give adequate consent for that. And the, the it was held in that particular case that she could give consent to that because they likened that branding to being almost like a tattooist. That's what I was going to say. It sounds like a tattoo. Yeah, that's exactly what the, the, the judge sort of came down on. But there was out a bit of an outcry following um, Crown and Brown, who would have been only recently been heard, that, well, it's all right for a married straight couple to perform certain acts that could be regarded as being um, GBH, and that's okay to consent to that behaviour, but they weren't allowed to because they were sort of, they were homosexuals. There's so much to break down in this because it's like the woman could have just been saying it out of fear. She might not have actually consented. If she had consented, why is he not getting her initials on her bum? The thing with the branding is it seems a bit archaic and painful, even though people do get tattoos, but they have like numbing cream, don't they? And so it seems very strange. But 
Also, straight couples and gay couples are always held to different accounts. I mean, even nowadays in 2020, a gay couple doesn't feel safe to walk down the street holding hands with each other. So it is different. I mean, we've certainly had that, haven't we? Um, that's happened to us, hasn't <laughs> it? I'm going to give you a homophobic attack if you say um one more time. Well, it has happened to us. No, it has happened to us. Yes, so we were walking through Green Park, weren't we? Well, it's happened to us a few times, actually. It happened, like, these four days in a row, didn't it? And we were, one of them, we were on Green Park Station, and these youths, like, we was having, we just said bye with a kiss, not like a snog. Ew, I don't, I don't snog anyway. But, like, just like a bye. And these guys started shouting at us, saying how gross it was, and followed us to the platform, which was quite scary and overwhelming and then like another day didn't a guy call us like batty boys or something bum boys i can't remember what it was oh it was just like something like we were walking through victoria and this guy was like oh holding hands are we boys it was something like that it was it's just so boring yeah and that other time in clapham there was that bloke we were walking through and he was like oh my god oh my god it was just like he stopped in the street didn't he yeah, I thought about that as well. Like, that was during the pandemic. Do you remember when you were allowed to meet people in the park? And what I found was that we've just been through a pandemic. We've just had everything with Black Lives Matter. And people are still small-minded, narrow. And what really fucked me off, actually, was there was a just woman who was just, like, laughing at him, but, like, didn't say anything. It was like, you can fuck off as well. Like, Yeah, she was laughing along as though it was embarrassing but didn't actually step in to say you can't you shouldn't say that you're you're an idiot you're a bigot like didn't come in and help or anything did it so allies of gay lgbt people be an ally and like if you see behavior like that call it out because it really does that would have really liked made me feel better anyway if someone else had sort of helped step in yeah it's just having someone else go what you are saying is wrong because then it validates us as being right whereas if everyone just puts their heads down and i know like it's a dangerous world you know and if people's carrying a knife blah 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 but i mean there's no point everyone going home oh, i'm doing a twitter post about it is there so we've um talked about the case of crown and brown we've talked about the later case where it's been a married couple um and that was found to be different the then is a more recent case of um, Crown and BM, uh, which was held, which was sort of heard in 2018. And it's sort of moving on. So obviously, time's moved on, um, society's views have moved on. And we were talking about tattooists, weren't we? Tattoo parlours and how you can consent to a tattoo. That's absolutely fine. Um, but then it's moved on to talk about, well, there's different types of um, now things that you can get done, like piercings and moving from that to being actual um, bodily body changes. So you you can have body modifications or so scarification or you can have people um, that can sort of chop bits off your body. I mean, not my thing, not something that I would want to um want to have done but this is what happened in um in this later case of crown and bm and it was um in wolverhampton and there's there was a there was a guy a couple of individuals one person requested that um he have his 
um, ear chopped off and a second person uh, requested for his nipple to be um, chopped off and another lady wanted to have her tongue forked so it looked like a snake. Could look like a snake. Why? I mean, the snake thing, I'm almost like, all right, why do you want your ear chopped off? I mean, very, maybe a big fan of Vincent van Gogh. I don't know, because um, he chopped his ear off as well. So maybe it was like in homage to him. But um, yeah, just a very weird, I mean, each to their own. But um, I don't know what it would, what would, you know, drive someone to think that that would be a good look, really. I don't know if it is about... Is it about it being a look? What's it about? Like, why on earth would anyone ever think... I just don't know how you would wake up one day and be like, oh, can I have me me chipped off, please? I think... I don't know. I think it is... I think part of it is sort of for... um, Not fashion, but, you know... It's not fashion. I've not read that in Vogue, you know. The new must-have accessory. Just want it. This is it. Um... So anyway, so this guy undertook these um, procedures and did them, and he was charged with causing um, grievous bodily harm. And it went to the... um, It was appealed up and went to the Court of Appeal. And the um, law... The the justices at this went back and... Well, he looked at these these cases and they looked at um, the ones that had happened before. And... They were looking to try and evaluate it and think, well, has time moved on? Is it possible to, is this okay in society to, these people have signed up for it. They signed the forms um, to say, I consent to this behavior, uh, this this procedure. I don't want to, um, I'm not going to sue. Um, but anyways, obviously it's the public prosecutor that's suing um, suing them, suing the, the doctor in this case, who is <laughs> incidentally could be, is sort of colloquially termed as Dr. Evil um, in these cases <laughs> for what he's done. Um, so they they prosecuted him and the, the, law, the, the sort of justices came down saying that, yes, um, look, people have signed up to these um, procedures, but they tried to compare it to sort of like uh, plastic surgery in, 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 in that regard and surgeons that undertake plastic surgery. And in that realm of the world, then there are, and they had experts who were plastic surgeons who would comment on like the ear being removed and the nipple being removed. And they said that, look, actually the person's done an or the job actually is all right. It looks, it's, they've not like sort of butchered or mutilated them in, 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 in doing the procedure. But that actually there's a more, when sort of plastic surgery happens, there's consultations and then there's like a, you would you would go into it and then there would be a cooling off period of time before the actual procedure takes place. So there are these sort of safeguards that are built in. And also, obviously, plastic surgeons are regulated individuals. This person was not. He's just got anaesthetic and a sharp knife. Um, so what they came down on this case, they held that, yes, it was. It's not something that could be um, adequately consented to because there wasn't that kind of um, psychological support, these um, procedures that were in there to help these individuals to make a proper informed decision. They were just turning up to the shop and saying, can they lock me ear off? And he was like, yeah, all right, sit in the chair. But even when somewhere's reg- regulated, it doesn't mean that it's followed to the T. Like, you know, 
Heidi Montag from the Hills, she had, I think she had like 10 plastic surgery procedures done in a day where she spent like 23 grand on it or something. And you go, and she says now, she said since, she feels like everything she was trying to fix was actually on the inside and she didn't look at that and no one encouraged her to look at that. So, you know, even though there's this regulated board, you know, her plastic surgeon must have like, his dollar signs must have lit up in his eyes. Well, that seemingly is the case with that. And that's really the point of this case is that um, this guy wasn't regulated in any way. So there's no, even when there is support um, out there and even with the support with, with sort of plastic surgeons and um, consultations in that way, um, he had nothing at all. He was literally just, you turn up on the day, can you chop me ear off? Yeah, all right, here's 150 quid or whatever he charged for it. And that was the point when, in, saying, in, in saying it. And that was the point is that these kind of practices doesn't have the level of um, support or psychological um, assessment um, for these individuals to to sort of protect them in, in the moment. So, what happened to the boys of the S and M? So they were they were prosecuted for it, and then this later case, this Doctor Evil, he was sentenced to thirty six months in prison, and I think he's only just come out recently. So. Th- why? What? So that what? What? What do they end up officially being prosecuted under? There's a, under the Offences Against the Person Act, um, for undertake for committing essentially grievous bodily harm, uh, against against another person, um, and obviously the facts of this case were in that sort of I said I said said before that these cases in such serious condition can lead to sort of life imprisonment, but. He was the, the latest guy, this Dr. Evil, was given 36 months. And obviously that's, they've weighed into the fact that, look, he's these guys did, gave a form of consent to it. He's not just turned up at the house and chopped their ear off um, they didn't, and they didn't give any consent to it. Um, so it's all the facts of that have taken into account. But yeah, he was, he was sentenced to 36 months. It's interesting, isn't it? Because you go, well, why can't people do what they want to their own body? That's that's the bigger question at play. That's the bigger question at play. If you're saying, I'm fine with this, I'm consent to it, I think there is a distinction between the sadomasochism cases mm-hmm. versus these later ones because the surgery is... The surgery type cases, that's obviously very permanent and is just they're, they're turning up on the day, signing a bit of paper. You don't know if they've got mental health issues or they're depressed in any way. And once your ears chopped off, that's basically it, isn't it? Whereas versus your, these are guys who have met regularly. It's not a one-off. These are, these are in a little club of their own, little sadomasochistic club. They've got their own rules and procedures, what they operate by. Um, they should be like if they want to nail their scrotum to a plank of wood, let them do that. If that's what gets them off. Interesting. I don't know where I sit on this one at all because I feel like people should be able to do what they want, and especially in that in the situation with the gay guys, it was like no one reported this. So if for whatever reason the police didn't turn up at that house no one would be none the wiser and they'd be off getting gratification however they want to get gratification 
no tapes would have ever been found. But it's also the point about why people shouldn't put everything on camera. It will come back and bite you in the ass. Or nail you in the scrub. Well, yeah, I was going to say more than bite you in the arse or brand you on the bum. Um, yeah, that's it. Is is I, I have real sympathy for um, for those guys in, in that situation, particularly when it was the 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 case that was three years later, and the seemingly the wife could consent to the branding on her bum. It does seem a little bit. It's because straight white men are in charge of the decisions, so they can't see. They would love to brand their wife's bums, I imagine. Whereas they probably won't want a nail through their balls. No, and I don't imagine many people would want a nail through their balls. But you know what? Each to their own. If that's what they liked, that's what they liked. And you're perfectly right what you're saying. And if, if there hadn't been these tapes, no one would ever have been the wiser. But um, kind of glad that they did because it's been a, it's one of these real um, thought-provoking, debatable cases um that's that's come come around and as i say every law school every law student across the land will will certainly know this particular ones and now you do as well what a treat do you have any sex tapes out uh no i don't think i do no ever filmed anything no i don't think i have no interesting have you, you steven never you mind never you mind maybe this one maybe this six Maybe there's none. Should we go and make one now? Not with you. <laughs> <laughs> no, thanks. <laughs> okay. So this has been another Order in the Bedroom. Thank you so much for listening. If you've enjoyed, please give us five stars and we'll make more. Um, please share, review, the usual. If there's a case you'd like us to delve into, should we survive our relationship during the pandemic, you can tweet us. Well, tweet me at Stephen Comedy because I'm not setting one up for the podcast. I don't have time or energy or inclination. And Rich doesn't do any Twitter or social media because he's a lawyer um thanks for listening and i hope we see you again for more episodes cheerio now bye